Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Have you found 1 Timothy chapter 4? Amen. Verse 1 says, The Spirit expressly says... We pointed this out last week, and I'm continuing on uh, what I ministered on last week, and I'll, I'll, I'll no doubt touch a couple of the key points, but I don't have time to go over everything that was said. So if you weren't here, you can get the, and should get the recording, you can listen to it on the computer, uh, YouTube, different, different ways. But here it says that the Spirit expressly, explicitly says emphatically says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. And then uh, turn with me over to 2 Timothy chapter 3. We looked at this passage as well. It goes right along with it. And let me say this. Uh, I'm ministering what I'm ministering about uh, protection from uh, deception. I'm ministering on this to prepare you for the time that we're living in. We're living in a time of great deception. And we need, to be, we need to be aware of what the devil is doing. We need to be aware of what, what the devil and devilish people outside the church and inside the church are trying to do to stop the plan of God and to oppose the work of God and oppose everything good and right and holy. There are powerful forces out there at work. They're not more powerful than the church. They're not more powerful than the name of Jesus. They're not more powerful than the prayer of faith and supplication and intercession. They're not more powerful. But when we don't take it seriously, like Paul said, we must be aware of the devil's schemes. When we aren't, then his kingdom advances. And we are in a time that he talked about. We're, this time he's talking about that uh, in the latter times, we're in those times. There's not some time off in the future. We're here now. It's here. It's here. And there is tremendous deception, deceiving spirits, doctrines of demons. They're at work. And so I'm teaching on this to to stir you up, to alert you and prepare you to overcome in these last days. Amen. Amen. In chapter, in 2 Timothy 3, verse 1, says, know that, know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Well, we're in those times now. Now, <clears throat> I, 
I try to be mindful of history. And I am aware, as you are, that we're not the first generation of Christians who thought we were living in the final hour. We're not the first. In my lifetime, when I got back into fellowship with the Lord in the, in the early 70s, I mean, we thought surely Jesus is coming, you know, just any day because the world had become so wicked. And we look back now and we say, well, that was, that was nothing. But it was alarming. And, and I, don't, I don't like to <clears throat> overstate something. And so when I say that we're living in unparalleled times, times of unparalleled uh, demonic activity, Everything the devil is doing now, he's done before. There have been times, generations in world history where, the, where, where there was tremendous darkness and the devil was working in, 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 in believers. I'm talking about in the Christian era and believers were just, uh, just under so much demonic oppression. You know, I was, I was raised... Think And we used to call the Middle Ages the Dark Ages. Remember that? And I guess, you know, people don't like to talk about dark and light because it makes them think of God, you know. And so, so they had to do away with the Dark Ages and started calling it the Middle Ages. Kind of sanitized it a little bit. But I mean, the church went through some horrible times. There was times of persecution in the first few centuries. And then there was the Middle Ages where the Middle Ages, the Dark Ages, where there was just, just... barbarism so many different levels and the church lived through that surely they thought Jesus has got to be coming before 1390 (laughs) but what we're looking at today we've never lived in a time of such global impact of everything never before ever before it's not even possible before what was going on in Europe in, in, the, in the Middle Ages, the rest of the world didn't know anything about. <clears throat> but we live in a time of globalism. And for, for that reason, I say we live in a time of unprecedented opposition to God on a, on a global level. In a time when, when society is so sophisticated and cultured, you see, the, 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 you see people turning away from just basic decency, basic just common sense of nature and just turning their back on enlightenment and embracing darkness. Serious, church. We need to be aware of the times we're living. I firmly believe as they did before. But you know, one generation is going to believe it's going to be right. <laughs> so don't cast any stones. But I firmly believe we're living in the, the times he was talking about right now. And so we need to be prepared because there is victory. But there is not victory for an ignorant church. There is not victory for a church that has its head stuck in the sand. Amen. So anyway, that's why I'm teaching on this. 
Amen. Let's go back to our text so I can get on with this. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come, difficult times, hard times for men. Now, when, when, the, when Paul talks about men, and he doesn't talk about brethren or, or uh, believers, he's talking about people in the world, mankind. So this is something that's happening in the, in the world of the unsaved. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. There, have all, there has always been people like this. But we're living in a time now where it, it seems that, that uh, man, mankind without God <clears throat> is seeming to be taking on all of these characteristics at one time. Now, notice that he's talking about unsaved men because Christians aren't, don't fit this description. We've been washed in the blood of Jesus and made new. We're new creations in Christ. We may have our flesh problems you know, from time to time that rise up, but this doesn't describe Christians. This describes unsaved people. But notice verse number five. Having all of these all of these wicked, despicably described people have a form of godliness but deny the power of it. You need to understand today that the ungodly, as described here, will have a form of godliness. That means a show of godliness without the true substance of godliness. A show of godliness. An outward semblance of godliness, but not real godliness. You could call it fake godliness. We're living in the times that he described here that men with these people, you should, I could say, People with these that, that are described here, with these, these type of characteristics, this kind of character in life, these kinds of people will have a, an outward token, an outward uh, appearance or form of godliness that is deliberately misleading. You need to be aware of that. You all know and I know every one of you know of people who take the scriptures and you know they're not saved just by, you're not, you know, it's not your, ju- you're not your job to determine who goes to heaven, who doesn't. That's not, it's not what we're saying. But you know from their lifestyle, they don't profess Christ. They don't have a saving knowledge of Jesus. They've never been born again, but they will use scriptures 
and they will sometimes have a uh, uh, an outward demeanor, and we see this a lot from people in the public eye. They'll they'll very often say, "Well, oh yes, I I believe in God, and I believe in the church. I I belong to the Methodist Church. I belong to the Catholic Church." You'll you'll see leaders in public office sometimes talking about, and they make a big show of making sure they everybody sees them go to church, Saint So and So's church on Sunday morning. You know what I'm talking about? But you know by by their conduct. And by, and by the things that they stand for, they only have a show of godliness. They're not saved, but they want to pass themselves off as though they are. They have a show of godliness, but they deny the power of it. You, you talk to people sometimes and they'll, they'll want to say, they'll want to take you know, something that Jesus said or something he did and, and build some kind of, a, of, a, of a, a, a case for, you know, what they believe in. And they'll take the words of Jesus. They're, they're, they're misleading themselves and they're trying to mislead you because you know they deny the power of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. They deny the power of regeneration and sanctification and justification. They deny all those things. Have nothing, they'll have nothing to do with it. But they'll use Jesus and something he said. But you know, the, the, the devil always takes the word out of context. Now, whatever uncleanness or debauchery Satan is working in the world. Listen now. He always tries to work those same things in the church. I'm going to say that again because this is, a, this is a truism. You can write it down and like the saying goes, you can take it to the bank. Whatever uncleanness or debauchery or lawlessness Satan is working in the world, he always, always, always tries to work that in the church. He tries to get it into the church, always. So anything you see going on in society that is of the devil, you can count on it that he's trying to start it in the church. He's trying to get that in, not just the church, this church, every church, every assembly of believers, Everything that he's doing in the world, he, is, he will try, he will do his best to, to, to make that start happening in the church. Always does, always has. Amen. <clears throat> he always takes the scriptures because he knows he has to use the scriptures to validate it and to deceive Christians into accepting it. Now, the, un, the, 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 uh, the unsaved that are just given over to the devil, he doesn't have to uh, dress it up in scriptures or anything. But to get it into the church, he, no, excuse me, he knows he's got to do something with the Bible and, and twist the scriptures 
pervert the scriptures. He knows he has to because there's no other way the church would receive it. Christians, we need to be on guard for the devil trying to twist every word of God. Be alert. It's the truth. You remember in in the church at Corinth. Corinth was a very licentious city, a Greek, you know, culture. They had their temples to their Greek gods. And they worshipped. The the Greeks, the the Gentiles of of Corinth worshipped in those temples. And those temple, the, the temple worship of their day involved illicit sex. That was part of the temple worship practice. Well, you see that getting into the church. Sexual sin, that whatever the devil's doing in the culture at large, he tries to get into the church. But, but in fact, go over, to, go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's just take a quick look. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll read real quickly. and There's just a, a point I want to make here. In a couple of verses. Verse number one said, It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles, that a man has his father's wife. Now notice, and you are puffed up. You are proud. The the church at Corinth was puffed up about the sin in their church. They were proud about it. You know that didn't happen without twisting something. You're puffed up and have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. For indeed I, uh, for I indeed as absent in body and present in spirit have already judged as though I were present. Him who has so done this deed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ when you are gathered together along with my spirit with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ to deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Now notice the next verse. You're glorying, it's not an easy word to say, you're glorying is not good. Do you not, not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lot? You're glorying. So I, I read this passage for you to see that he had to have twisted the scriptures or they would not have been glorying in this ridiculous sin. You see that? So he will, the devil will always come at the word. Amen. There is an unprecedented, unprecedented degree of demonic activity in the world today. Demons are real. There is an unprecedented degree of demonic activity in the world. I really believe that. Because there's nothing new under the sun. There's not any sin that hasn't been done before. And there have been entire cultures sold out to just about everything you can imagine at some time in history. But again, we are seeing things on a global level. Jesus said that during the time that after the rapture of the church when, during the tribulation period, that if the time wasn't shortened, even the elite would be deceived. Well, that's a principle we need to be aware of, a reality. 
This demonic activity in the world today is causing tremendous deception and confusion. People are confused in their thinking and reasoning to the point of delirium and madness. It's true. Romans chapter 1 verse 28 explains how this happens. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over, surrendered them over to a debased mind. God didn't give them a debased mind. He surrendered them over to a debased mind because they had made the choice to do those things which are not fitting. We're seeing that on a large scale in the world. Well, we need to, we need to be alert because anything and everything he's, try, he's doing in the world, he will try to do here and in every other church all over the world. Amen. It doesn't help that many Christians today are backslidden and refuse to acknowledge it and judge themselves. That's true. Many Christians in churches today are actually backslidden. Now, I've, I've if you remember years ago, I've, I've, a couple of times I've taught on backsliding and what it means to backslide and how not to backslide. And, you know, if you're not careful, you think of a backslidden Christian, somebody that's in church, you know, and then all of a sudden they, they you know, quit going to church and they don't live for God anymore and they just go back into living, you know, like the world. That, that's, that's kind of the ultimate end of backsliding. But when you turn away from the truth and you turn away from something you know to be true and right that's in the Bible and you just turn aside from it and start entertaining something else, you just backslid. Backsliding is by degree. And there are many people in the church today who are backslidden in varying degrees. We have it. And they will not acknowledge it. They refuse to acknowledge it and and judge themselves. And because of that, that kind of person, that kind of Christian becomes a prime target of the devil and becomes easy prey, easily deceived. Well, thank you, Pastor, for encouraging us today. I want you to be aware of the, we're in the last days, church. We're in the, we're at the end of the church age and these things have been predicted and we're in it. Now we, we need to square our shoulders. We need to get our head out of the, out of the, the cloud, so to speak, and realize what's going on and guard ourselves, arm ourselves, prepare ourselves to not be deceived. Amen. 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 Go to go back to First Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter four. We were looking at this earlier. Hallelujah. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, chapter four. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, today. Today, this day in which we live, some, not everybody, 
You don't have to be one of them. Well, you should have said amen to that. You don't have to be one of them. Arm yourself with the knowledge. The Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Let's look at these two things for just a moment. There are evil spirits. There are all kinds of evil spirits. There are unclean spirits. When, when the New Testament talks about uncleanness, usually that's a reference to sexual debauchery, sexual uncleanness. There are unclean spirits. There are spirits of sickness. We see Jesus casting death, death and mute spirits. So there are sick spirits that bring sickness. There's, there are demon spirits that specialize in all. That's their assignment. And they specialize in, in these different works of darkness. There are spirits, there are demon spirits who specialize in deceiving. That's all they've ever done. That's all they've ever done. Thousands of years, there are demon spirits. That's all they've ever done is deceive people. You think they know what they're doing? That's all they've ever done. That's all they know. That's all they live for. That is their assignment, to deceive. We need to be aware of that. It's not, it does, now, is this frightening you, making you nervous? It's not me. But it is important that we stir ourselves up and wake up. I'm going to say it again. There are demon spirits sent to deceive me and you, every one of us. They are assigned to deceive. And then there are doctrines of demons. So there are demons who have teachings. Anytime you see the word doctrine in the New Testament, in the Greek, it's the word for teaching. So there are teachings of demons. If there, are teacher, if there are teachings of demons, then there are demons that teach those teachings. So there are deceiving spirits that work together with the spirits that teach doctrine. They, they have Bible classes. <laughs> Not necessarily in, in behind a podium and standing in front of people like I am now, but they teach. Teach, they line upon line, precept upon precept, lie upon lie upon lie, and the deceiving spirits are right there with them, influencing people to be deceived and to believe these lies. That's, that goes on. It's going on right now. Because it's always gone on, but it's gone on in a special sense today because we're in the last times. Go with me to Acts chapter 20. I think I alluded to this last week, and I'll I'll close here. Acts chapter 20. Paul, in the middle of this chapter, was talking about, he was talking to the elders uh, of Ephesus that he had assembled there in Miletus. And... uh, 
In verse 28, he said, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. That's the word for bishops. To shepherd, to pastor the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this. We've already read predictions that the apostle made by the Spirit of God. He, he said the Spirit expressly, explicitly, emphatically says that these things are going to happen. He said that by the Spirit. Well, he said this by the Spirit. He said to these, to these pastors, he said, I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Now, he said that, that men would arise. Some would come from the outside, but some would come from within. He said even, how would you have liked to have been in that crowd that day? He said even, well, that's getting personal. I don't know how many pastors there were from Ephesus, but it probably got a little uncomfortable there for a minute. He said, even from among yourselves, I know that men will rise up to draw away the disciples after themselves. Here's how they do it. Speaking perverse things. The... the Margin of my Bible here. I found this note. Where is it? Misleading, yeah. It literally means distorted or twisted. Distorted or twisted things. Church, you need to be prepared for it. You need to be, you need to be watching everything you read and listen to, especially that comes from preachers. Not everything on Christian television is worth watching. Some of it is dangerous. There are false prophets. <laughs> you don't believe it. Just listen to the ones who prophesied about this last election and are still prophesying stupidity. And people are following them. There are false prophets, false apostles, and, and you need to be aware of it, church. Because you don't live in a, in a bubble, in a vacuum here. I know you don't. Amen. They speak twisted and distorted things. Go over to, go over to 2 Timothy. Uh, let me see. I think it's... Did I say 2 Timothy? I'm sorry. I meant to say 2 Peter. Second Peter, look at the last chapter, the last part of the last chapter. I won't go into all this, but he's talking about Paul. And in verse 17 and verse 16, he says of Paul, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand. Now notice, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they, also, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. Some people 
seem to be bent on twisting the scriptures, distorting the scriptures. Now, this word uh, twist here literally means to twist, to disfigure, to twist something to disfigure it. It's literally what it means. It means to twist, to disfigure, or, or, or uh, uh, disjoint. It was used, this word was used of people who were put on the rack of torture, where their body was stretched unnaturally in different directions to the point of disfiguring and dislocating. Twist, that's, that's what I meant to say. Twist to the point of dislocating is what this is, is the literal meaning. And it was used, like I said, of those who've been put on, were put on the torture rack and were stretched and twisted to the point of disfiguring them. People do that with the scriptures. Pulling the scriptures, you could, you could translate it this way, pulling the scriptures out of its context to the point of disfiguring it. I, I sometimes use the word torturing the scriptures. There are people that, that take the scriptures and twist them. Paul said, I know, I am, I know, this is not a theory. He said, I know that after I leave, from the outside and, and, and even from among yourselves, men will arise who will speak twisted and distorted things. They'll take the scriptures and twist them. We need to be careful what we listen to. If it, if it doesn't line up with all of the Bible, you need to reject it. Any Church, any Bible teacher who has any skill uh, or just has natural skill in public speaking can be persuasive and can take a, a, an idea or a scripture from the Bible and can convincingly present it. But everything you hear, you have to judge it in light of the Bible. Not just what this person is trying to present or trying to pitch to you because people can be very persuasive. See, that's why God gave us pastors because, because there are specialty ministers in the body of Christ, not teachers, not uh, uh, doctrines of demons, but there are Bible subjects that God anoints certain ministers in the body of Christ. And that's, that's their truth. That's what they minister on. They go from church to church and they minister on these things because they're, they're sort of like specialists. They're called. But believers and even ministers sometimes can become so narrowly focused on an idea that excites them so much. It's just such a blessing and it's just so wonderful and powerful that they step beyond the bounds and begin to take things to extremes. And, 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 and pastors are like the primary care doctors in the church. 
And pastors know that any true revelation from God is going to harmonize with all of the Bible, all of the great theological themes, all the great doctrines of the Bible. When, when, when somebody brings a, a revelation from the scripture, if it, if it's, if it fits over here, but it, but it doesn't fit over here and in, in, in other proven truths, that's, that's contradicting that something's wrong with this new revelation. And Paul said in the last days there would be people like this, speaking lies and hypocrisy. Well, praise the Lord. I hate to unplug right here, but I have to. Glory to God. I know as a pastor, and I'm going to close my Bible and my notebook. (laughs) I know as a pastor, I have to be real careful. For instance... I, I'm, I'm, I, this, I take this seriously. There will be times I'll be looking at a verse of scripture from a translation, let's say the King James, and, uh, and, and I read from the New King James, but in my mind, you know, I was raised to, for instance, in, um, in uh, uh, Timothy there, it says uh, deceiving spirits. I know the original older King James says seducing spirits and doctrines. of Well, a lot of times, you know, those old words, they come back, you know. And sometimes I'll be looking even at, 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 at a, a translation and there'll be one word that sort of, you know, affects, it sets the sentence up and it, and it, and it you know, it, it, it modifies and, and, and gives a, a, a precise uh, point to the rest of the sentence. And there, and there are times that there, I, find, I still find this. That things that I've read like that all of my life, and I just believe them. And then one day I go and do a search for that word, and it's not even there in the Greek. It's not even there. Well, the dilemma that I have is I, I like that word. I liked what that said. I like the, the, the way it added a particular meaning to that statement. But it ain't it ain't there. It's not there. If I can't find it somewhere else, and sometimes, let's just face it, sometimes we, we pin, you know, our, our, hitch our wagon to a word, and, and it just becomes a favorite scripture of ours, and we just like to quote it that way. We come to find out the, the apostle didn't say that. So I, as a pastor, I, 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 I'm... I'm not saying I'm, I'm perfect or 100%, you know, but I do my best. When I get up to preach, I want to say what I've always said, but I can't say it anymore because I can't find Bible for it. <laughs> it's important that we stick to the word, even if it upends our theology. Even if it turns our little wagon upside down and knocks it completely off the, off the road, we got to go with the Bible. And if you can't find it in the Bible, your cart, your little cart needs to be knocked off the road. Isn't that right? Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We need to stick to the truth of God's word. And so that's the, that I didn't get very, very far along to encouraging you today. But the fact is you have the word and you have the spirit. You have the word and you have the spirit. It's not that hard, folks. It's not that hard not to be deceived. It's not 
hard not to be deceived, but it is easy to be deceived. It is easy to be deceived, but it is not hard to not be deceived. You just have to be willing to be honest with yourself. You have to be willing to be honest. That's what I'm just, I was just describing. There are times I'm getting ready to preach and I'm just so excited about a verse and I look up and then I, <laughs> I have to be honest. It's, and I don't like it because I like the way I thought that meant. <laughs> what I thought it meant. It excited me. We have to be honest with ourselves as Christians. If you'll stay honest with yourself, hold yourself accountable to the Bible. You have the Bible. You have the Holy Spirit. He will never lead you wrong. He'll never lead you wrong. Glory to God. And you'll stay safe. And you'll go the distance. And your reward will be great. And you will have an abundance entrance. Abundant entrance into heaven. Praise God. Oh, glory to God. I want to see all of you there. I want to see all of you there on that day. When that, when that trumpet blasts and that angel gives that shout, glory to God and the son of the, of the most high God, the Lord Jesus Christ, drops down out of heaven. Whoo, glory to God. I want to look around and see all of you guys being called up. Hallelujah. Amen. We need to, we need to make our calling and our election sure. It's not, that's not God's job. He called us, he elected us, but we're the ones that make it sure. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Stand up with me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> we're living in the last times and we're living in the best times. When the enemy comes in like a flood, <laughs> the spirit of the Lord is lifting up a standard. Oh, Hallelujah. I'll have more time to get into that next week if we're here. Praise the Lord. Jesus tarries. If he doesn't, well, that'll be all right. Amen. He's coming back, church. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the entrance of your word. It gives light. Gives direction, illumination, help, 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 help. So, so, such great help we've received today, Father. Glory to God. It gives understanding to our spirits, to our minds, gives direction to our lives. It helps us, prepares us, protects us, defends us. So, Father, we will guard our hearts with all diligence not letting anything in that ought not be not letting not not letting any suggestion of the enemy no word of darkness we won't even play with those things and entertain those things for a moment no word of of deception no word of discouragement no word of disharmony no word we'll just keep walking on in you father hallelujah guarding our heart for out of our heart out of our inward man flow the springs of eternal life
Glory to God. We'll continue to drink from that well and, and live in that river of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Ha, hallelujah. Ha, ha. Oh, glory. Shimana huata yunusuko ooata. Eshime egisi gondo omo elisti valide. Era nenenishi torio boca a yesho nenediskio tombola nella viesta taranandaga. Yeto ishtishtimon mona ne viesta valida. Ha, lesto lemegedida serende morundo ora kadada yidashtadeveteya. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've given you a great and effective tool, even a weapon. And it is praise under my name. As you lift your voice and sing and shout praises from your heart, you put the enemy at bay. You cause him to flee from before your face. And the glory of the Lord envelops you. It becomes your rear guard. And it goes before you. And it's all around you on every side to deliver in the time of testing, in the time of trouble. And you'll walk. (laughs) You'll walk full of glory. Full of power. Full of deliverance and answers. In every situation and at every hour. You'll know when you don't think you know. You'll know when the answer doesn't immediately appear to you. You'll know that the answer is on the inside because the answerer is on the inside. The one with the knowledge, the one with the plan, the one who knows all and sees all and can do all is walking on the inside of you. (laughs) And as you praise him, That's what releases the powers of redemption. All of the benefits of redemption. They're released as you praise the name of the Lord Jesus. And you walk in such confidence in this day and in this time when so many are struggling and turning from side to side. But you walk on in in glory. You walk on in victory. You walk on in confidence. And you become a light to those around you and those who don't see will see and those who don't understand will come to understand and those who don't know will gain knowledge because the glory of the Lord will minister out from you and touch their lives says the Lord hallelujah thank you father thank you father thank you father oh ha 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.